0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to ARG Presents, the show everyone's buzzing about. I'm your drone amigo, Aaron, joined by the man they call King B, the Brent. Buzz! Buzz! That's that's right, that's right. That's what all the buzz is about, you. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and this week, Brent, we'll be playing games on the micro B live. I I am not the micro B king. No, well... (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm not one to judge, pal. None of my business, right? So, Brent, you know, I we put the microbe B on the wheel quite a while ago, uh, but I, I didn't know anything about it, and it was a large learning curve this week with <laughs> the micro B, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it was a fun one though. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, you know, as usual, we've done this a few times when we sort of arbitrarily put a, a piece on the board. Uh, we put a piece on the board that sort of represents uh, uh, several different layers or platforms yes, of computers.
1: Absolutely, that's very true. And
0: so, what I thought we'd do here is, uh, before we get into some of the games, is we were going to go over what this thing is, because if you're uh, outside of Australia and Sweden, uh, you probably don't know what the microbee is. You, I think, me. first thing we should do is say what it's not. <laughs> it is not a live stinging bee. No, it is not honey-based. It's none of these things. it's, All right. it's nothing. It does require you to spell the thing.
1: Yes, that's true. Not even very small
0: words. Well, I guess it does, kind of, but we won't get into that. So, just to, just to familiarize you with the basics of the, of the micro B, uh, this was a little computer developed by Applied Technologies. Uh, it released way back in February 1982. hmm uh, And it released in kit form. Yes. And, and not the not the, uh, Knight Rider kit. Correct. Either. And it was a kit form, uh, and it was uh, released for right around $400. Uh, the uh, the kit uh, came with everything you needed to build these. Now, kit computers were sort of uh, the rage uh, back in the days before me and you were romping and stomping. Certainly before yeah. you. Yeah,
1: I definitely didn't get to play with kit computers <laughs> when kit computers were really a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of okay with that, but then again, I kind of wish I would have done it because I probably would have learned quite a bit. I like the idea of a kit machine. Yeah.
0: Because I know when I was in uh, electronics school, we, we had us build stuff out of kits, including I built a multimeter out of a kit. And it was fun. And the idea of building a computer out of uh, of a kit is uh, interesting. In fact, uh, if you're watching our video now, I uh, went to Microbe. still has an official site up. And they, until recently, they were selling these kits again.
1: Yeah, starting in uh two thousand twelve. Yeah they started reselling them. Now as
0: far as I know, right now that they still have stuff going on, but I don't believe they're still selling the kits. So, well
1: the kits are kind of a kind of a funny thing. I don't know how much you have on it in your paperwork, but not much. In two thousand twelve, uh the the Micro B founder? I want to say founder, but that might not be right. Uh <coughs> found a warehouse of 120 shells yeah and he said you know what i'm gonna see if there's any interest out there and he made a new micro b board with some upgrades it allowed it to run off of ssd it actually had two processors in it so it could run old micro b stuff but it could also run linux and um wow he kind of he kind of stuck that out there and he said you know I've got 120 of these shells. I wonder how they're going to sell. Boom, instantly gone. All yeah, of them. Yeah. So he, said, he took that as a sign. And now some people were like, you know, why am I paying $400 for this computer when I can go and get, you know, a laptop, full functioning laptop? You know, that's not the point. You know, yeah. that's, if that's what you're asking, this isn't for you. This is sort of like the Spectrum Next
0: crowd or some of the, un, mm-hmm. like, the Unamiga. It's Absolutely.
1: Kind of yeah. And, and it, it from there, it uh, evolved and bloomed, and uh, he took that that nectar from that beginning flower and said, I'm going to make this bigger and larger, and he did, and had uh, some of the later model micro B cases uh, remolded and... Put together kit computers without the Linux stuff, and had a very had a few variations and sold them out to the public. So <laughs> pretty, yeah. interesting. pretty interesting, pretty interesting Good, good stuff. job, <laughs> eh? So, um, so let's get into this
0: a little bit. But, and I will say this to me: this is sort of like Australia's answer to the the Z eighty
1: the the, the it spectrum. Is, it it's, is
0: yeah. most often compared
1: to the BBC Micro.
0: Right. Well, I can yeah. understand that as well. Yeah, due to the the educational side. Yes. of Yes. So. Um, just, the original one that came out, of course, had a, uh, in fact, they all had a Z80 running at various yes. clock speeds. They all had different, and there were different memories. Uh, I believe the earliest ones were somewhere in the 16K area. I believe 8. It was it 8, the earliest one? I believe one. 8, yeah.
1: So, um, Or they had a cutback model that had <laughs> 8. I don't think it was actually released early. I think it was actually
0: went back and had it. Uh, the original, uh, was designed in Australia by a team including two fellows named... Owen Hill and Matthew star and we'll hear uh, quite a bit from Owen Hill because i found some uh, stuff that he'd written uh, on the uh, on the web uh, after a successful bid for the uh, New South Wales Department of Education computer uh, tender the computer was repackaged and sold pre-built so this is why yes. they left the kit area and went into the into the uh, land of pre-made computers so let's talk about this thing so again, this was the first commercially marketed Australian PC, the very first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it was released as a kit. Now get this, the kit was uh, uh, sold, assembled in Australia and notably in Sweden. <laughs> Apparently this had a, some success in Sweden. Now hey, you never know where your computers is go- are going to land. Uh, it was housed in a stylish two-tone injection molded case. It which is very nice, Yeah, It does. It looks real nice, doesn't it? And the keyboard on this thing is not like a crap keyboard. No. Like this looks like an actual, like actual factual keyboard yes. on this thing. Uh, the uh, um, it they said that this thing uh, could was uh, in the same vein as the Radio Shack TRX eighty that handheld computer. Uh, I saw it compared by that a couple times, by a couple different people. So I don't know. I don't know if you remember that thing was that thing's really old. It came out in the in the seventies, in the you know. So it's su- it was super duper old. Now one thing about the microbee that was interesting in these in the original models and along along with the line from what I could tell uh inside of the ROM uh there were little extensions and a little other components you could put in there and some of the stuff they would have in there was a word processor and they had a, a little spreadsheet or a database yes. uh stuff like that or, or like a basic you know would be or something like that in there uh, This was widely used in Swedish schools, so the the kids must have uh, caught on because you had a lot of the Swedes used. uh, It's weird. If we have any Swedish listeners, I'd be interested to know if this is something any of you guys used over in school. Or Australia, for that matter. But I think it's kind of neat. So, uh, the motherboard, I get this, I thought this was really nutty. The motherboard was powered by the Latrobe Talking Communicator which was developed at La Trobe University in 1983. This, uh, the, the, this is the fully assembled mo- uh, motherboard version. And the Latrobe. Uh, this was the first microcomputer-based electronic uh, communicator for the disabled speechless.
1: So Very that, interesting. Yeah.
0: Mm. Now, uh, several hundred thousand microbees were manufactured uh, in uh, uh, Terrigal near Gosford okay new, new sure part, ranging from the micro b32 uh and going upwards now the micro b was not a single computer and this yeah. is where i want to get into this is where me and you
1: kind of of course screwed up well how do how do we you don't know these things until you dive into them <laughs> and we don't dive into nothing until right. it's time until the wheel tells us it's time so
0: the original model was the ic model this is released in 1983. Up to 1983. Uh, well, the original model was the kit model, which we talked about. Right. The, the the next The next This is the assembled model, the IC model, released in 83. Uh, they increased the clock speed uh, on this one from two megahertz to three point three seven five megahertz. Overclocked it, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. It had a 4K telecom terminal emulation ROM in it. Yes. This thing had a a, a, tel- a modem. Yes. I think it was called like the B modem or something. <laughs> I was, did you, I've seen Did you see pictures of it? I it had didn't a little see B a on it. Of it no. And it so this thing had like a built-in telecommunications. You could get on and and their B modem there. We just if you're watching the video, it just popped up on our screen. Uh then you've got uh, 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 the model that released after was like a floppy, they had a floppy drive model. Yes. Up to this point, these had been tape based. Uh, the floppy models—they uh, had 56K of static memory, 4K of BIOS memory, and believe it or not, these things could run CPM. Oh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, uh, so you've got those. Uh, then you've got oh, going up the line—you've got a, they released a color model of this. Up to this point, these have sort of been monochrome. You've got a color monitor uh, model of this. So these these they all in this sort of the same family. Yeah. All right these moved up the, up the line rapidly. Now, in 85, you had what's called the Premium Series. Okay? Ooh. The Premium Series had 8K of screen RAM, 8K of attribute RAM, 8K of color RAM, and 32K of programmable normal RAM. Uh, so you these had a, a lot more RAM. These things were typically sold with dual floppy drives. Oh, right? That's going to cost you. Yeah, I don't have a prices for any of these, by the way. You're on your own. And again, take this information with a grain of salt, because I called this together over about 20 different sources. I was surprised how little information was out there on this thing. There was not nearly as much as I would have
1: thought. It's odd, because while there is little information, the scene for the microbe is pretty huge. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say huge, but there are
0: dedicated people. Absolutely. I would compare it to, say... I'm trying to think of a scene. It's, it's smaller than the Cocoa scene. It's probably the same size as, say, the TRSA Model 1 through 4 series scene. Somewhere in that ballpark. So then you've got the 256TC series. This is the last series that was released. This came out all the way up in 87. They increased the memory of 256K of dynamic RAM, a new keyboard with a numeric keypad. It had a built-in 3.5-inch floppy drive. In it as well it also included a video text terminal program a uh a simply write, which is a word processor and telecom which is a uh serial terminal program now just to backtrack on some of this every one of these i saw had a built-in stuff yes right now on the videos and 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 stuff and they had like a little like word processor and some other stuff now I don't know how good these little built-in programs were. I don't know what they did exactly, but it's still kind of interesting that they were built into it. I don't know yeah,
1: about. I thought that was a very neat... I mean, it's literally, <laughs> it's chips that yeah. you put into the computer, and when it boots up, you can just go to it. Yeah. I thought that it was kind of like a cartridge slot that was really inconvenient, but I still, I thought that was a, a smart way of doing it. I didn't it. know that's how you did it. I thought they were just built-in. Uh, well, they were on ROMs. Yeah, but I, but
0: I didn't think... I thought they came with it. I thought they were just part of it. Right. No, okay. you
1: didn't have to get it. I think, like, the word processing thing was the only thing that... that was pretty standard, yeah. but you, you could get other things okay. to go in that. Um, at least that was my understanding when I did the looked at now it. Now
0: the last series, and this didn't get released, but this was called the Gamma series. Ooh. It's funny the <coughs> the video I stuck on here uh, that if you're watching the video version was like this sort of like a demo reel that came up off the a Micro B site. And the, and it features like renderings of the gamma. If you uh, if you watch it to the end, the gamma is a proper looking computer. This isn't like a, it's like a box computer. Uh, that this was the advanced next generation model based on guess what, the Motorola sixty eight ten plus two Zilog Z eighty processors. Huh. Now this never made it to market, uh, but I thought that was pretty interesting that it had this, it had the Motorola plus. So basically, the Zilogs were sort of like its. It's. An, I mean, I'm assuming the Zilogs were like it's equivalent to the Amiga's custom chips. So they were going to do all the offload some of the work on the Xilog. Um This thing was going to have a you know a lot more RAM, the whole nine yards. This was going to be a much bigger deal. Unfortunately, they didn't. They didn't get to. Uh, they didn't get that far. So let's take a brief look at some of the some of the games. Now it's funny. Wiki mentions a bunch of. It says, hey, here's some games for the one for the uh, wonder swan. Listen to me. That's a, the wonder swan's a natural enemy of the micro bee. Everybody knows that. Uh, they they say here's some uh game uh, micro B titles and I, and it just has some random ones. And again, you're talking multiple just uh, multiple micro B types and, and they're Pretty different. So not all games are gonna work uh, They're on absolutely different because some are monochrome and some are color. Right. <laughs> but I did it just listed a few. And I thought I, some of these I'd heard of. One thing's for sure, I know is that the uh, is that the uh, uh, the text adventures were coming hot and heavy yes. on here. Yeah. And so, in I, fact, I, I what... know for certain Zork. Uh, the Zork was on here, which means I would assume all the Infocom
1: games of that era were probably released on this thing. Uh, the the one game I really 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 wanted to look at. Yeah. Was like uh, uh, adventures in the Australian uh, outback or uh, or bush back or something. Unfortunately, I could not find it anywhere. That's another thing. The microbe is sorely under uh, uh, appreciated in the amount of stuff that's been dumped. But I'll get to that on my when I'm yeah, running the, the show. Yeah, I only found one
0: place to get anything that. Re- I mean, aside from playing the stuff online, yeah. which is what I did. I found one place that had some dumps, but I wasn't used to what to do with them. When I, you know, when I got them, there yeah. wasn't like there was a ton. So just a few games they mentioned here, uh, and uh, these are the sort of the same old, same old: asteroids, which I'm sure is a clone. Mu Joust, you can do your math on that one. Halloween Harry, Hordes of the Deep Realm, Micro Space Invaders. I mean, if you're have any idea what's going on, you know what these are: Robot Man, a Pac Man clone. Wumpus, which Wumpus Hump the Wampus was around on every machine. Cricket. Toady, a word guessing game, which I think I actually played Toadie.
1: Lemonade Stall, which you <laughs> which I think Wait, we know. Yeah, if you put Lemonade Stand, instant copyright. Lemonade Stall, it's like a completely different
0: game. Yeah. Scrambler, Gorilla Maths, a Sword Quest. I mean this is some pretty these are the wiki released games. I mean, it shows you that this thing wasn't exactly they weren't you weren't playing the higher end uh stuff on these things so you're probably asking yourself uh what happened to this thing if it was if it was doing so well get this just, what? A, just a little just a little wacky information uh uh on on what was going down with this thing so um uh, right from the start this thing was a success and applied technology couldn't keep up with the orders but they were smart they knew that they knew that they were gonna get a lot of action so they thought ahead and they started trying to make as much action as they can to get stocked up, so in eighty two, uh, micro, micro the sixteen to thirty two k microbeads with the battery backed up CMOS uh, were were a big deal, and so you, you can think about it. It's eighty two. You've got a thirty two k machine there with a the battery up, but you're a lot of machines didn't have a battery backup yeah, BIOS that early on. Actually,
1: they actually uh, <coughs> the battery backup thing was more than just I'm going to keep your your system clock going. Like if you were typing a program, and you lost power, and you get everything restored, and you plug back in. If you're as long as your battery held up, everything's still going to be. Wow, there. Wow, no kidding. I didn't yeah, know that.
0: yeah. So within 12 months uh, of '82, uh, 8,000 machines were produced. Woo! And a th- and 2,000 were on back order. Okay, so that's a that's that means you're rocking it rolling. So this thing's so this isn't like uh, the Halcyon where they, there may be one or two. There are tons that, of these things. Yeah. Uh, They opened a modern uh, assembly factory in 83. In 83, the 16K micro B was on the shelves for $449. The 32K was on the shelves for $549. That's without a monitor. And the monitor sold for $300. A single sided floppy drive for the B. Was eight hundred bucks, <laughs> but I
1: mean that's not unusual. I mean, yeah, that's that's prices oh, for the time.
0: Something I want to mention too. There's one other thing we didn't mention. This is sort of neat. Um, you could take a bunch of microbees and form a microbe star network. Oh, that should have caught at a high, right? Which is a networked cluster of microbees functioning as workstations with a, with like a system overlord computer that had oh, a floppy drive. A queen, yeah. That's pretty awesome. That is. You know, that I, is. I, I thought that was real, I thought that was kind of really neat. So, what <laughs> killed these guys? Well, what happened was, um, Apple II kind of nosed them out of the schools. That happened in a lot of places. Yes, it did. You know, and Apple II was very good at getting their app, watching well, the Apple, <laughs> but the Apple II in particular, was good. At, they were good at getting that thing into, into houses, or into yep. schools. Secondly, uh, in Australia, the IBM PC got released in '83, and th- it was it, you know it was better. You know we yeah. all we we know that. Um, another thing is the microbead; they didn't upgrade it very quickly, you know, and so it fell behind. I, <laughs> this I, sounds like pretty, pretty familiar. I have a little here. story about that. Go ahead.
1: I know that uh, when these things were hot and heavy, and they were especially in schools, people were building things to like, stick in them, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the examples I heard of was the microbee ha- just had zero sound, beep. That was it. And some people uh, cobbled together uh, parts and stuck it in there, so it gave it three voices, right? And then microbe people were like, yeah, you know what? We're going to buy this from you, and we're going to start making it ourselves, and we're going to start putting it in our computers. And that's how that, they, they tried to do that a lot. Instead of being like, no, 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 don't touch our computer, uh, they really went out there and saw what people were doing, and if it was good and if it was useful, they incorporated it into the microbe. Great way of doing business. Yeah, yeah. Um, ultimately, uh,
0: being, of course, with the competition there, being caught up, what finally sealed the deal was, with the and I mentioned this earlier, was their, their gamma project they were working on. They were trying to bypass the PC and go to that 68,000 area, uh, it's a tough road it was beyond their financial capabilities yep uh and uh, uh they uh exhausted themselves and eventually uh they were bought taken off the uh they were undelisted and then they, they were never, and they were gone so it's, it's the, that's the way she goes sometimes i I'll, i want to mention that a large chunk of the data I got, uh, Non-Wiki stuff was off of was straight from an email from Owen Hill that I found listed on a web page. I was in fact I don't know if you can even get to the web page anymore. I had to nose around and try to find it, but it was real interesting. So this basically came from the mouth of the of the guy who was one of the fathers of the actual machine.
1: Yeah, and it was kind of sad. Uh, I found a lot uh, when I was researching this that you would click on a link to to watch an interview or hear an interview on a podcast form or go to a webpage page and just be gone. Or play a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a lot of that. And it's yeah. odd because, sure, we've had that happen with other systems, what we've researched. Yeah. But this, it seemed like every single thing we clicked, it was just like, nope, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. And uh, I think uh, part of it might be just because it's in Australia, and we don't, and maybe it's just not connected to, to the place that we normally. No, get. I don't think that's it at all. I, don't I, I think I think that uh, uh, this the microbe is getting lost. The time, I really think so. Maybe, maybe get it. <laughs> so,
0: and uh, in, instead of going after two games on this one, because the games on this are pretty simplistic, we just rent-
1: well, we stuck with the monochrome
0: system first of all. Right, we stuck with the base well, with the basic bees. And then uh, I basically let Brent sort of... Uh, Brent actually, well, I didn't let him, he found a group, a good way to play these online and threw it with a group of these from the same gentleman. So we just picked these five games and thought we'd have a look at them. Now, uh, uh, these are quick games that are... They're not super complicated, uh, but they give you an idea of what the thing was capable of. And, and I saw videos of other games later on I mean, you, this game, this thing came into the realm where it was able to play some of the T, uh, Tandy, or from some of the TRS-80 Model One games. Yeah, With the, when, it, you know, when you know later in the, down when the road, get into the CPM and, and whatnot, they were able to they were able to play some of these other games. But these are some of the early on games. So these, there's no video for these. We just put some. If you're watching this, we're
1: going to put some screens up and we'll talk about them. So. Let's go ahead. And really, before we even start talking about the games, all right. I want to talk about the man behind the games, all and right. that man is Brad Robinson. All right. Uh, from what I gathered, this dude, first of all, is is uh, a bit of a marvel. Uh, <clears throat> he all of these games that we're going to be taking a look at, he programmed as a teenager, which that's not unheard of on the show. What is kind of unheard of though is he still works. With the microbe, a little bit to this day, and he does that by making uh, complete microbe systems like on chips. And uh, he even branched out. He does stuff for the TRS eighty. Uh, so TRS eighty fans, look this guy up. I, I, it seems like he is very approachable too to talk about stuff that's going on. He runs a company called Top Ten Software that is still doing stuff, still researching. It looks like their big claim to fame is some music software, uh, but they also have, uh, they do have a TRS-80 emulator, uh, hardware emulator. They've got uh, the Micro on a hardware emulator and a software emulator. They have uh, different programs. Uh, his music program is called Cannibal, uh, but he also does Windows programs. Like, something I'm going to check out now that i found it is a program called Snapshot that allows you to highlight a section of screen, and it will keep that section of screen on top at all times. Hmm. And you can have multiples of those open. Man, when I'm doing some comparisons and some stuff, that would be really useful. I haven't got a check to look at it yet, but I certainly am going to. Very good. Like I said, Brad is actually a, uh, uh, a bit of a... Uh, well-known in the industry, Uh, he has done a few podcasts, so you can listen to those out there. But what he did back in the day was release five games for the uh, Micro B, and those were Hopper, Laser Blazer, Depth Charge, Space Lanes, and Robot Fire. And as we go through these, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit what I found about them. So, what are what we going to start with, Aaron? Okay, what
0: we're going to start, we're going to just go right for um, Space Lanes. Now, space this, Lanes. I, and, I, and since Brent, Brent's more than one on these, so I'll just give you my early guess on this game. You are basically a long, I'm trying to think what I can equate this to. It's it's You're, like reverse Aardvark in a way. You're, you're coming from the bottom, you're a long straight line, and you're trying to harpoon these bad guys up in space, but you don't want your line to get ran into. That's the best <clears throat> I can understand it. You want to care to elaborate? Sort of. You're yeah.
1: sort of right. Space lanes, you play as a giant laser beams, Right. <clears throat> and there are two types of ships flying back and forth ships you want to allow through that kind of look like alien spacecraft Uh and ships you don't want to let through. And those are more like jet fighter type things. And what you do is you, you can move your laser beam left and right and you can move your laser beam up and down. It's a continuous laser beam. It's a continuous line all the time. It's not like you're shooting it. It's just a laser beam as high as you take it or as low as you take it. So you have to kind of hover about the middle of the screen and then uh, planes will come from the left or the right <clears throat> at varying heights. You want to try to get your laser beam in front of the the airplane-looking ones and let the space alien ones through. Now, what did you think about this and one, Well, Harry? only partially understanding it, I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> I did not understand it. Early. Now, I will say it's my own fault because I think every one of these games had instructions, as I recall. Built, did they have instructions yeah. built into uh, I Well, <laughs> uh,
1: not really.
0: I mean not not all of them. I played like about a thousand micro B games and I remember some had <laughs> I went we you know, I will say before we get too deep in this, we this was not originally what we we were actually going to two pick two games and and it was a rough call. <laughs> it was a rough haul. And a lot of these games that we tried were were text games. The a lot of these games were games on the very most basic levels of gaming.
1: So well I mean that. this this was actually <laughs> uh, published through applied technology, yeah, all these were no, brilliant. they weren't. Oh, no. A, no, no, no. That's a v- no, no. That's very, very important. Space lanes was actually published through applied technology, and uh, uh, Brad got royalty a- a- off of everything that was sold. Mm-hmm. So this was not just some back of the catalog type thing. This was uh, uh, you know contracted out, and well, as much contracted out as you can to a teenager. They said, write the game. He wrote the game. He gave it to him. They sold it. He got profit off of what was sold. Bim, bam. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Space Lanes. All right. Um, first of all, stupid. That's who has the high score on Space Lanes when you very first start out. Stupid. So, <laughs> I thought that was very unique. Um, Go, Team Stupid. Here's the biggest problem with Space Lanes. Uh, no, okay, me step back for a second. None of these are Super Mario Bros. 3, okay? That, that doesn't exist on the Micro B that I saw. So you have to really step back and understand what you're looking at. These were educational computers that someone wrote a game for. Right. So you have to curb your expectations quite a bit starting right there. So Space Lanes... It suffers from repetitiveness and it suffers from uh uh, a bit of unpredictability if you play it safe you can actually just stay at the very lowest height that a plane could come from sneak out hit the ones that are bad and sneak back down and play forever Hmm. you could do it forever i figured after a while it would nail you so i never did that um Now, if you zap a wrong plane, you lose a life, you lose three lives, it's over. So it's a (laughs) high score game, but just barely, just barely. Uh, I I would not seek this game out. I would not. I mean, you can go to a website and play this, but I wouldn't even do that. Space lanes, not very good. Let's move on to the next one. I kind of liked it, but but I I like it more now that I know what was going on. All right,
0: next on the docket Laser blazer, laser blazer. No, I don't think that's what this is. Now,
1: Aaron, yeah, what did you think of Laser? Blazer? I did not
0: understand how to play Laser Blazer. Okay, so I was even more baffled by this
1: one. Let's let's break down what Laser Blazer is. First of all, Brad, that's who holds the high score for Laser Blazer when you first turn on the machine. All right. Uh, in Laser Blazer, you play as a <coughs> uh, a dot. a a, a thing we'll say a robot just to make it cool and you have a quick style line that bounces and grows and shifts and moves all around the screen in a very kind of unique way the way it grows and how it shrinks it's very quick like you remember quicks right yeah you draw the boxes kicks i call it okay sure you in there
0: I'm saying, if it was well, quick, I, it'd be QUI. But,
1: but see, it puts you in the game. Anyway, so you draw—you are a dot, and instead of drawing score. Instead, instead of drawing boxes, you try to collect packages, and uh, you have to just go over top of the package and you collect it, and you have to avoid the line, avoid the laser beam, as it were, since it's laser blazer, to uh, accomplish your goal. This was also sold through applied technology. Uh, so this was uh, you know, published by first party. Now, you said you didn't understand Laser Blazer? I had no idea what to do. Again, high score game. Try to collect the packages. Um, this sort of suffers from the same thing that the other games suffered from, but in a different way. If you stay on the perimeter, you are far less likely to die from the laser beam. Because the laser beam grows and bounces off the side, right? Now, But you unlike the other game, there is no safe spot. You will eventually get hit by the laser if you just stay still. This game is actually too hard. I got killed like right away. Yeah. Like, every time I tried to play this, I got murdered. Um, this game is really hard. It's not hard to collect packages. They seem to stay on the outside of the screen, the, the perimeter of the screen, to make it a little bit fair. Um, but the, the laser moves 10 times faster than you do. And it, it makes it very difficult. You have to predict, I mean, four or five moves in advance, which is literally, it's going to bounce like this, 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 so I need to move to the left type of thinking. Which was a little much for a game like this, but I appreciate this one more than the other one. Mm. I give this a big thumbs down. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. this is one that you can emulate online, uh... Just through a web page. This one, I would at least, you know, (laughs) if you're in the area, load it up. You're not gonna play it for hours. You're gonna play it for two or three minutes, see what it is, and be done with it. But I kind of enjoyed this one. This one, I didn't get to play at all. Hopper. Hopper is another game that was uh, sold and published through uh, AUSBUG, so Australia bug. Bug. Um, it's frog. And you know what? You're zero. That's who has the highest score on this game at the very beginning. Zero. It's
0: not me because I couldn't play the game at the very beginning. Uh,
1: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I could not play this game either. Um, I looked and looked and looked to try to find the image for this. And I want to talk about that for a little while. Brad also looked and looked and looked for this. Um, He saw someone playing it at a computer show and uh, was like, that's my game, you know, because they had a microbe set up and games you could play, and he had lost it. He had he had no copy of it, and uh, there are uh, posts on different forums, microbe forums, of him asking if someone has a copy of this game, please let him know. He'd like a copy of it. He'd like to get a dump of it. Uh, you know, he was pretty proud of this game. Uh, it is a Frogger clone, and unfortunately, like I said, I was unable to find it. I hope, Brad, if you're out there, that you have found a copy of this, especially since uh, you saw it at a computer show being played, and hopefully those people were able to get you a copy of it, or at least the audio file. Yeah. Something else that Brad has done, since we're talking about audio files, he has a program that he has written that is uh, designed to save old uh, Micro B and TRS-80 audio files. Because, you know, those things get pretty rough. Yeah. And he has a software uh, you mean like uh, application. like recording off the tape? Yeah, that oh, cleans it up that it's for archiving. Oh, yeah, So yeah. good for him on that. Yeah, this one. So, I, I, you know, I'd say I looked
0: all over for this because I didn't know that story. Uh, I, I just thought I just couldn't find it. And so when I told Brent, I was like, listen, I can't find this. He's like, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there you go. So it looks pretty decent, but, I mean, it's Frogger. That one's hard to buy, it, so hopefully it's okay. All right, next on the docket.
1: Robot fire,
0: fire, brother! It's robo
1: fire. And let me tell you something: stupid is back in the high score table again. That guy's a genius. Yeah. Uh, robot fire, Aaron. Did you have any thoughts on this before I get into it? Yeah,
0: it ain't berserk. I'll tell you that
1: right now. It's per worst. <laughs> oh, no, I see. I think you're being incredibly too hard. It's hard! Robot Fire has an interesting story.
0: Oh, it better be real interesting.
1: First of all, this is Brad's favorite game. Okay. Uh, he, this is what he <laughs> thinks he did the best on. Uh, this is a Berserk-style game, but the gimmick is uh, you can only shoot vertically... And the robots can only shoot horizontally. I tried every control on the keyboard. I was like, "What, what am I doing wrong?" Oh, I, oh, the <laughs> the controls are Q and A. Uh, I know that. period. That's why I, I was
0: like, "Sure, you could fire in more than this direction."
1: No, no. So uh, this is the first multi-level game that Brad has. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he thought it was his best. So when you were really hyped up on your own stuff, what do you do? You've had a couple games published. You're living the high life, Aaron. What do you do? That's right. You self-publish. And when you self-publish for the microbee back in, uh, what, 1980, probably three? Uh Uh-huh. What do you think happens? You make a million dollars? You sell 20 copies. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, the story is uh, he wanted to uh, self-publish because he thought he was getting screwed. And he thought that this was game was, was uh, miles above everything else he's done. And yeah. he, you know, he made some money off of those things. So he said, screw it. I'm going to keep all this money myself. I'm going to self-publish. And apparently, the only people who bought the game were 20 members of his own computer club. <laughs> That's a brutal. Death. So, Robot Fire. How do you play the game? Like I said, you shoot vertically. The robots shoot horizontally. There are walls that you can kind of hide behind. Uh, The robots at first seem endless because you shoot and another one immediately spawns, and you kind of get that. Well, this is just going to go on and on. That's what I thought. But you can whittle them down and go to the next level, and it's a different wall arrangement. Uh, This, I agree, is probably so you can actually get past the first level. Yeah. How do you? What? How do you get everybody? No, no. oh, they just go away finally. Yeah. So, Man, I, I really think this is probably his top game, or maybe his second best game. Hopper looks better to me. Uh, well, we didn't play Hopper. I Hop. know. You I'm can't judge it. it. <laughs> I played this uh, one. Uh, this had you know decent looking sprites. Something you didn't mention about the Micro B is that it was actually a higher resolution. Than a lot of the other systems out at the time, and because of that, they could do these fine lines in their graphics. They could even do curves. Yeah, that yeah. looked really good.
0: Yeah, that so, is true. I did not mention it. The graphical abilities in this were actually uh, w- well regarded. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, and he took advantage of that. the The sprites in this game look pretty decent. Um, and, and it is too hard. It is definitely too hard. But uh, oh yes. I, it does give you something to work for since there is more to do than just, you know, shoot, 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 and shoot until, you, until you're sick of it. Uh, you actually can advance level. So, I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, the last thing about uh, ro- uh, Robot Fire is the tape with Robot Fire, because he only sold 20 copies, right? Only two of them have ever been found. And he actually found a copy of Robot Fire in his shed... From 20 years ago, and was able to recover the data off of it. Huh, so so
0: <laughs> he had to recover his own
1: game. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. I got
0: another 20 guys you can forget about it. So, lastly, on the docket here, Brent, as we say goodbye to RoboFire. Now, RoboFire, like I said, it was probably the, of these that was the most playable, I thought.
1: Uh, last but not least, Depth Charge. Stupid. Had the high score again. Yeah. Stupid man. He's a he's a he's a He's better than I am. He's a step above. Um, this is your standard uh ship at the top, bomb <laughs> subs uh you know, into the water. You can move left and right, you can death charge left and right. How did you think about this game, Aaron? I didn't get this to work. Really? No, it would not work, it would not load for me. Well, you're in luck. I played it, Good. I got it to work, no problem. This does one thing that maybe the other depth charges do and I just never realized it, but something I found very interesting. Of course, you can only have a limited number of charges in the water at one time. Limit's four. And you hit the subs going underneath you, you get points. If you miss and one of your depth charges goes all the way to the bottom of the screen, you lose points. So it makes you want to be accurate. Again, this was published from Applied Technology. This was before his self-published day. Um, but I, this was by far the most playable game. It wasn't the most unique, because, I mean, this game's been done to death a million right. times. I was going to say. <clears throat> but it was something... Uh, it had good graphics. Uh, it was very playable. Uh, it had... More high score potential than normal because of the missing the shots. It's not just about who can, you know, last the longest. You have to also be accurate. Uh, I would say this is probably my favorite game uh, of Brad's that we played uh, for the Micro B, uh, but just because it is the most playable. Go to, uh, what is the name of that website? I believe it is nanowasp.org. Yes. Yes. Fired up right now, and you can play these games. You can play every game that we just mentioned except for uh, Hopper. That bugs me because my I, my would say t- tape. It would give me the uh, tape,
0: the area not found when I tried to load that tape. Yeah, I, I maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was a localized thing. The uh, the the way you load these things is off the webpage is real simple, and it's it it's actually looks like a little micro B screen yeah that you play on so that's and that's exactly where I went to play all my stuff too so you this was your favorite of the bugs. this looked like the best one but yeah
1: I, I would say that this is this is definitely the most playable i think uh the uh uh robot fire uh is a bit more original, but if you're just going off of playability it's definitely depth charge I feel like as we as we
0: bid a to the b I don't feel like I was able to give this thing I, and I, a lot of you know i was I've been ill for the past week or so. Uh, and I didn't get to give this thing as much love as I'd like, but I will say this is another one of those systems that is just tough. I played a lot of games for it, no, but it just happened to be these games here, the ones I, could, I played some. But a lot of the games were just text-based games or, or math-based games. There was one game where you're a sheepdog and you're trying to corral sheep. I don't know if people saw that one. Uh, I you did, know. yep. Yeah, I played that one. So uh, I've I, I fiddled with that one for a while, and, and there were plenty of wampa style games. So if that's your bag, there you go. And of course, the, I will say as the B went up, the games. I saw some video of a few of the games that were more advanced. That were for some of the more advanced. Oh, micro-based. absolutely,
1: sure. Yeah. Once you get into the color era, especially, uh, the games coming out are are much more accomplished. Of course, uh, during that age of computing, that's what happened. Uh, you know, one year your games <laughs> might just be blocks and monochrome, and the next day you've got you know. Full sprites and you know, 16 colors and sound and everything else. Yeah, it was a very quick moving industry at that time. I will say, this is one of those little <clears> things. I like the I like these little
0: quirky systems that spring up in these countries that just they're a homegrown system and that's and that's the one they use. And I read I went through a lot of forum posts where people were just having memories of the B. Oh, yes, I remember having this in school. This is the first time I played Zork, it's the first time I did that. You know, and it, just, it wasn't like when someone would bring it up, it wouldn't be like 50 million
1: people. It would just be like 20 guys, yeah. you know? Yeah, this was definitely uh, uh, an Australian and apparently Swedish computer. Something we don't get in the States. I mean, the closest thing I could think
0: of would be something like the Coco. I mean, unless you're like a Timex Sinclair user, some real obscure machine in the States. Yeah. You know, we don't get these kind of home... I mean, I guess we, we get plenty of homegrown machines, but you know what I mean. And, and, Not something real quirky like this.
1: And now. if we... You know, if I ever saw... A microbe <laughs> kit that was affordable and you know didn't cost a fortune to to ship in. Yeah. Plus, I'm not exactly sure how they're powered. I know, I know it's a power brick, but you know, I, I don't know much about international voltages for something yeah. like that. But I think this would be a fun thing for uh to assemble in like a computer club or something. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be kind of neat. Great for great for like a kid too. What's
0: not great for a kid is going to Vegas. But here, there's no <laughs> gambling requirements with our wheel.
1: Fire no. that thing out. You know what? I don't agree with that. Some of these things on here are way gambling. Oh, uh, well, you're, <laughs> you're not wrong. So, Brent, what did you add this week? This week, we added that thing that is right here, the Tandy Model 100. Oh, I believe this is something Curtis talked to us about when you did that and what's the old classic system that you? Have? The classic system is the X E G S. Okay, great. Sounds good to me, man. Fire that thing up. So we're gonna give her a spin. If you want to hold a little bit of support in the bottom okay, there, let's get, let's the wheel. The man. wheel is a two-man affair. All right. See what we get here.
0: I'm 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 anxious to get dug in something new.
1: Well, I think you're gonna have to live with a little bit of sword. M5. Oh, wait a minute. We've covered the Sword No, we haven't. We only did Thanks for giving, and we now are going to go in-depth on we the did, M5. We didn't, the, we didn't do a Sword M5 episode? We did not. Nope. That was all Thanks for oh, So if man. you want a little preview, <laughs> folks, you can go and look that up. But we're gonna get in there. We're gonna get in there. What, do you remember on the Thanksgiving? Up? So said what were the
0: games that were on the Sword M five? Do you remember right off the top of your head? That's not the one with that crazy Donkey Kong. I Thompson
1: do believe Roberts it game, is the it? yes. I do believe it's that okay, one well, and this, the uh, the flying plane game. With so this the is gonna be
0: another uh, classic computer uh, from oh, God yes. knows
1: where about God knows what.
0: Well, so well, well, that's what we're gonna find out. There you go. Um, hey. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, I, I, like I said, we missed. A, uh, we had a week where we were off, and that was my fault. I ended up all his fault. I got uh, something resembling food poisoning combined with dehydration. Uh, I will say, your boy lost a lot of weight, but he also lost a lot of sleep and a lot of uh, tears as I staggered <laughs> forward through the forest of pain, Brent. But I've emerged from the other side stronger, uh, if not wiser. And what you know what they say? what does not kill you will make you easier to kill the next time. That's right, and so oh boy, um, we'd like to thank our good buddy uh Duncan Styles yes. for the cool 3 d rendered uh, special effects. We'd like to thank our good buddy the bark bit, who does our closing theme good, yes. good theme. bit has got the new music out too and it's really good too cool. if you check out his channel. Um, you want to uh throw any shout outs
1: out this week brenner uh of course. Uh, you can always hear our show uh, on Anchor FM. Uh, we uh, uh, have all of our shows up now, so if you missed an episode and you're a podcast listener, you can go back and tag those. Um, also, happy days to all of our, our patrons out there uh, that support uh, the Amigos overall as a whole. Uh, we are part of that little group, and we appreciate everything they do. Uh in fact Duncan Styles uh, I forgot to bring yours over but gave us a lovely gift. Oh yeah. Uh that I will talk to you off air but oh, it, cool. it, it thanks, was Doug. uh it was incredibly generous and it's something I actually was looking into getting myself and and uh, it was way prom dress. Way <laughs> it was way out of my price range at the time. So uh big thanks to him and, and you know everyone is so generous to us. <laughs> And, and, and we really appreciate it i lot. do yeah uh, yeah and uh, i want to thank everybody for sending me a note uh, while i was gone
0: uh thanks for uh filling in for the uh shows that i missed there for the uh, sinclair show brand i appreciate that uh, i missed out because that game looked really good uh and uh it wasn't oh, no really <laughs> it looked like it was a lot of fun um <laughs> uh, but uh, i feel good we're gonna be ready to ro- rock and roll going forward uh this show will be back on track, and going forward, we'll be back on schedule. Do you want to mention uh, Classical Gas for the people that might be interested in checking that out? That may Nope. Not have, you don't want to mention that on here?
1: On okay, screen? fine. Uh, if you are subscribed to the ARG Presents specific podcast, that means all you get is ARG uh, material Uh, To fill in for the week we missed, we released an episode of Classical Gas, which is a podcast Aaron and I did back in 2011 that was never released and and was never released for a good reason. Um, So if you want to go back and kind of hear that kind of nonsense... You have, you have to, we're not going to release it onto the main uh, Amigos thread. It's not good enough. We don't want to bring down the numbers. We don't want to lose the Patriots. This thing was a release Patreons. that escaped. Yeah. That's, well, that's very true. Uh, but you can look up ARG Presents on uh, F, uh, anchor.fm and find our single stream and listen to it there. Yeah. only way you can ever hear it, it's not going to be released otherwise. We don't want to infect the uh, other podcast with our nonsense.
0: I actually thought it was. I thought I enjoyed it. I, I did every time you say something dumb or wrong in the past. Of course, this was 2012, I believe. 2011. Me, so 2011. So uh, some of this stuff either has the change, change, or you're yeah. just dumb. Mostly you, but I did cringe a lot. But I still, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you so. did a lot of dumb stuff. Oh yeah. Anyway, so we'll leave it there. Next week, the sword M5. <laughs> And again, thanks for sticking with us. Until next time, I bid you a fond adieu.